Hello and welcome to the Out of the Frying Pan podcast. I'm Alan Coote. And I'm Dorothy Brown. And it's great to have you along for this very exciting episode. Got a guest coming up uh, shortly who, I've got to confess, I haven't spoken to her before, but you have... And her name's Katrina Robson, and she actually is a property entrepreneur. I think she's inspirational. She certainly is. I think that she's going to be the sort of person who is going to inspire you. Yes, she is. From what she has done and why she is doing what she's doing now, interesting person to speak to and lessons to be learned, I suspect, from when we talk to her. We'll get to that in a moment. I noticed a little bit of research this week and it was about entrepreneurs and most of them, the vast majority of people start out in business by themselves and become directors, get paid less than £50,000 a year. Now that might sound a lot to some people. It got me thinking about our own journeys in our own business and I don't mind admitting some years, yeah, significantly less than that. But to me, that didn't matter. And I think it was... One of the Dickens characters, uh, Mr. Micawber from David Copperfield, Mm -hmm. that said, and I've got the quote written down here, bear with me. He said, annual income, £20, annual expenditure, £19, 19 and 6. Result, happiness. Annual income, £20, annual expenditure, £20, naught left and 6. Result, misery. Yeah. You only need, in this instance, sixpence yes. more than you can actually spend. It gives you freedom, allows you to do what you want to do. So going back to what you were saying about the entrepreneurs who earn less than 50000 are they worried? Does it scare them? What are their requirements? We've talked previously about having a roof over your head, etc. But to have no worry about not earning, but enjoying what you do seems to be the outcome for a lot of entrepreneurs that that is what they want. So I know your business is a little bit different from mine and it is sort of corporate business that if you Mm. retired, the wouldn't, you know, it's not sort of thing you do when you retire, but let's imagine that you had a business that you, well, who knows when you're going to retire, Dorothy? Is it, are you enjoying it as much as you think I can't be bothered to retire? I like the idea of retirement. The actuality might be a great difference. Uh, I like the idea of, yeah, of, of the freedom from the shackles. But then it's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Uh, how am I going to fill my day in order to feel as fulfilled as I am now? OK, I, I get that. So the business could run without you. But I think having the ability, the freedom, I think you mentioned the word yeah. freedom, the freedom to just choose to what you do overrides, I think, for most entrepreneurs and most business owners, the money aspect of it. And they have said, even if you're employed by somebody, money isn't the motivator for why people do certain jobs. Clearly, you might as well do something that you enjoy. Yeah. Anyways, right. Today, we're going to talk, as uh, Alan has said, to Kat Robson about her journey from one part of her life to another part of her life. Welcome, Kat, to our podcast. We met just over a week ago now when I was doing a presentation. What you said to me was very interesting and we would like to know a bit more about you and how you got to take your leap. Thanks, Dorothy. It was lovely to speak to you as well and to hear somebody else who'd been on a similar journey as well. My background is retail. 
I was a retail and customer services director. I had given myself the goal that I was going to be a director by 30 and I made it by the skin of my teeth. I worked so hard to get there. I had such an adventure along the way. Anyway, I then got there and, and found myself thinking, what's next? What's the next step? I've achieved this. Where do I go next? And I'd always had an entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> I'd always, yeah, I'd always been business minded, whether I knew it or not, you know, trading my dad with bits and books and pieces at my bedroom window when I was four and making him buy them through the shop. That went through my whole journey. And it wasn't until I met my partner, Dan, who is very much an entrepreneurial spirit as well, has always had his own businesses. And he said to me, just do it. You were born for this. We'll be fine. And I just needed that reassuring voice of, you'll be fine. We won't be living in a cardboard box. And even if we were, we'd have each other. It would be fine. I was very, very lucky at the time I was working for a company and for a managing director who was very inspirational, very open-minded as well. And I sort of spoke to him about it and he was really supportive. And he said, you've got to do what's right for you. And I think sometimes people on the outside know more than you. They can see it before you with the support of the business I was working for which is crazy, how many businesses would support you in that journey? And also with so much support from Dan, my partner, I made the leap. I did it. I'd always had an interest in property. I was obsessed by changing rooms when I was a little girl. <laughs> Lawrence Llewellyn Byrne was like my hero, which is a bit crazy. And then I loved watching Homes Under the Hammer, the idea of ripping a house apart and then putting it back together. Oh my goodness, that was like the dream. I'd had quite a lot of experience, relative experience really, because I'd managed the refurbishment of retail stores and from start to finish P&L. So, you know, I was used to managing the books, managing timelines, managing trades, but also the creative piece and a customer journey. It all just sort of fell into place. And along with my parents, I bought our holiday let in the north of England, where I am mm -hmm. now, yeah. and never looked back. So bought this, took 15 days to turn it around. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And it was completely gutting it. So it was a, a bit of a, it was really dated. It had, you know, that crinkly, horrible wallpaper and teal blue carpets. And it Ooh. just hadn't been loved for a long time. Just yeah. what you want on holiday, hey? <sighs> but it was a lovely big light space. This was, the timing of that was around when there was going to be that break in COVID, you know, right. summertime. Yeah. And it was going to be the first sort of holiday period when people had been allowed out. So mm -hmm. I knew that this was going to be a massive potential. But as a result, we had 15 days to turn a property round, electrics, plumbing, flooring, the walls, the, everything, furnishing, fitting, 500 miles from home. Um, <laughs> okay, so, yeah. 
just a small just a small uh just a small job and at the same time as well I knew that I needed to be getting bookings I couldn't wait for it to be done to get the first bookings in so I was actually advertising the property the day that we completed on the property I put the advert live right so there were no, <laughs> you know yeah. so that was a huge risk right and Dan again was like you were born for this just go just do it so here we are today basically two years later run a pretty successful property business and um I am the happiest person on the planet I would say I love every day what I do but I couldn't have done it without the journey that I've been on and I'm very grateful to the people that uh you know supported me along the way it was interesting what you said about the skills though to do this Mm. so I watch Holmes under the hammer I watch the property brothers you know I'm I'm very much Mm like the idea of taking something smashing it up and bringing something out but it's not just that though is it cat it's having the costings and making sure they're realistic and who are you going to have what's the the amount that you're going to have in case something goes wrong and all of this and it's yes doing it in 15 days wow but even still you've got to have the skills to manage all of that a lot of people yeah. say actually you need a team of your core team to take with you and if you're doing that sort of thing miles from home having that core team of the trades and you're doing property that's that's tricky unless you're going to do it yourself of course yeah absolutely and I think so one of the things that the first sort of six months to a year was a bit of a whirlwind and then this year my partner and I have had time to sort of regroup and I've invested in some extra education as well so I'm maximizing my time and the resources that I have because I'm only one person and Dan's only one person and absolutely property's far away from home you can't be there to just pick up the pieces I guess when I was in retail you know as you sort of go through the ranks when you reach area manager you are having to remote manage people very quickly and then when you come ahead of retail it's exactly the same thing so I'd already without really knowing it gained those skills to be able to effectively manage contractors cleaners hosts the whole shebang however because it was such a quick turnaround and because it was an area that I didn't have a team in place that first project was very different to Mm. how going forward uh, you work efficiently my my sort of idea of you doing this is that you didn't realize that you had those skills from what you said earlier and yet you do have them and they were have been highly developed in the retail to put to where you needed to be so when did your self-reflection take place to realize yeah I've got the skills to do this oh do you know it is so interesting because when you're in the moment of leaving that nest that is comfortable it still challenges you but it's comfortable it's what you've always known then you're in this whole you know craziness of learning to fly and you're out there and it's all new and that lasts quite a period of time so you don't really stop to reflect (laughs) and I think actually quite a lot of entrepreneurs quite a lot of SMEs don't necessarily take the time to reflect very quickly and then when you do it's like oh wow okay so it's scary for everybody. Yeah, I think that's kind of a given. If it's not scary, then it's not challenging you enough. And it's it's probably not big enough of a jump. But it was so scary. One thing for me was reflecting and trying to identify what it was that was scary. Yeah. I'd handled multi a multi-million pound business and I'd handled the pressure cooker of 
time and company resources and customers and, and all of this piece. It wasn't pressure from other people because it was our own business. And it wasn't uh, that I couldn't do the job. And what I came to realize was it was actually to do with my identity. I had spent 15 years of my life building up this identity. And my identity was that I worked really hard. And on reflection, I felt that people respected me and engaged with me and were not in an arrogant way, but were interested or impressed with what I'd done because of my position in work. You know, you go to family parties and go, yeah, I'm a head of retail. And they go, oh, you're so young. And that so was, you still had some, your little thing on the shoulder there, little monkey yeah, on the shoulder going, was, oh, am I worthy? You know, the imposter syndrome in a way. Exactly. That was who I was. And suddenly I didn't have that. So you go to a family party and someone would say, what do you do? And I'd sort of sheepishly go, oh, so I've quit my job. And actually there was nothing to be sheepish about at all. This is an amazing thing. We've got a profitable business and I'm incredibly proud of what we've done. But it was that identity piece that I struggled with that I had built up for so long. I identify as this. And I hadn't really given myself the space to figure out what was underneath that. And that was what was scary, that suddenly I was exposed and suddenly I had to, to talk about who who I actually was. Is this because you didn't have the backup, if you like, of a sort of corporate title or corporate chattels and other people behind you the finance person the other core people that you'd have is, is that what you was it a practical thing or was it sort of a mental thing no it was definitely a mental thing right so i felt very independent and self-sufficient but it, it was definitely that mental that thought process of i identify as a head of retail that's who i am that's who i've worked to be and that's who people are proud of me being. You know, that's why my parents are proud of me because I've achieved this. I'm not a shop girl. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a shop girl, but I'm not a shop girl. I've I've worked my way up and I'm a head of retail. And actually, do you know what? That was the most terrifying thing. That was the thing that I was most scared of was telling my parents and telling Dan's parents. How bizarre is that? We both have the most supportive, loving families. And his parents are both self-employed, so they would get it. Right? Yeah. And my parents, oh, my goodness. I mean, they've been so supportive of me on this crazy merry-go-round. But that was the scariest thing because I, I thought they would be disappointed in me. And I presume, I'm making a huge <laughs> assumption here, that they weren't disappointed. They were excited for you and it, this opportunity. Uh, they were so, they were all so supportive, you know. And so it is, it's the mental barriers. Until you have that moment of reflection, you don't necessarily stop to think, oh, hang on. It's actually, it's about this. Mm. And then once you identify that, you can think, oh, okay. But actually people like me for who I am. They, they respect me because I work hard, because I have a good skill set because I support them, because I'm a friendly person. You know, that's, that's why they like me and respect me, not because I had a job title. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about the relationship building, isn't it? So you, you, as you, are almost building a new relationship with you. Does that make sense? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You suddenly have to figure out 
who you are and what your values are, what's important to you. And although it's not superficial what I'd done before, but I was in this corporate world. So I had this lovely fluffy blanket of, oh, you know, this, this is what life's going to be. This is the paycheck that turns up every month. And yeah, that's it. I live for the weekend. And I see so many people doing that. And I just think, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to share this opportunity with you guys in the podcast that there is so much more out there than living for the weekend. Yeah. And you can live for every single day when you stop and figure out what you want and you do it. Were you a person that had uh, any sort of mental images of where you were going to be? Or did you literally, you know, you, you mentioned you like Holmes and the Hammer and every, who wouldn't if you're in property but and all the other TV things. Were, were there sort of pictures on the wall or were there sort of writing? So you wrote something down in a diary and did you did you do it that, that way or was it more organic than that? So it's really interesting because if you'd have asked me five years ago what my goals were and what I could visualise my life being, you know in 10 years time or 20 years time I'd have said lots of money in the bank lots of nice handbags lovely car lovely house that's what I think a lot of people uh, that's what you aspire to have you know and then I did some more education and it really uh, it was with a guy called Aaron Curry who I really connected with. I really found his, the way that he teaches very inspiring. And he spends a lot of time talking about personal development and your plan, you know, what your vision is and your why. And <laughs> I'd always been one of these people like, oh, for goodness sake, stop talking about why, you know, it's just marketing spiel. But <laughs> this time it just hit me. And I thought, why am I doing this? What, what is it? What, what is it that I'm aiming for? You know, because you can just keep going on the merry-go-round, can't you? Yeah. 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 And he does all these exercises to really pull it out of you. And I got complete clarity from this. Please don't kill me, Dan, wherever you're listening. But Dan and I would like to have a family. So we don't have a family yet. Does he know no, that, by the way? this news? Oh. oh, my goodness. Dan, he'll be, he'll be on the phone now. <laughs> but we... We don't want to have a family until we have the time and the resources to be able to live the way that we want to live and have the time with those little people. We want to have an estate in Scotland Ooh. with space and freedom and mountains and trees, be able to open the door and there's nothing there apart from peace. So we need a passive income to support us to get to that place. Essentially, what we want to buy with that income is freedom to do whatever we want and to live the life the way that we want to live it. And when I wrote that down, it was so powerful. So it's actually on the side of the fridge at home. So right. if Dan doesn't know that that's what we were doing, he <laughs> does now. Um, <laughs> he doesn't go to the fridge very often. Uh, probably. <laughs> There's um, or he blanks out with Mike. Yeah. There's pictures of the Highlands on the side of the fridge. There's also I did like a goals plan of one, three, five, and there's some affirmations on there as well. I think whatever way you want to find your why or you pin it down. Again, this isn't. I'm not trying to speak in marketing 
spiel, but it really does make a difference. You have to understand why you're doing every day what you're doing. Casting your mind back then to before you took this leap, what would you tell yourself now you'd gone through that? What would you say to yourself? (laughs) I would reassure myself. I would be the Dan in that situation. And I would say, it will all be fine. You are more than capable. And actually, everybody who loves you will support you. Don't worry. Because the energy that you spend worrying, you don't need to. If you could bottle that, not to spend the energy on worrying about what might happen. And going back to when you said you were talking to your, going to talk to your parents about giving up your job and doing what you're doing and taking the leap. You'd be a billionaire wouldn't you? You would absolutely. <laughs> to be able not to do all the scenarios in your head. Oh, mm. I'd love to do that. Not to think, right, if I do this, and then you just do it and you find that none of the things that you thought were going to happen are going to happen. So, yeah. Probably for about a year, I carried what I identified as guilt. So in my in my job that I had, I'd built an amazing team and there was already a great bunch of people there. I had a managing director who had taken a chance on me. I felt this level of like I was letting them down. You know, I knew that under my watch, my team would be okay. Mm. I knew that under my watch, they would be the best that they could be because that was my focus. That took a long, that probably took the longest actually to step away from that sort of feeling of guilt. And the way that I reconciled that was they would want the best for me the same way that I wanted the best for them. And you have to do what's right for you. Otherwise you won't be happy and and you know no one who supports you would ever want you to not be the best that you could be and the happiest that you could be what happened when you told your friends what you're doing oh god well so actually do you know what my best friend debs she just she just knows that i was born to do this and i remember going to her house the previous conversation had gone something like don't quit your job just yet until you you know you've worked really really hard for this <laughs> when i told her she was like whoa this is amazing what are you gonna do what does it look like where have you bought everybody else that i came across and told just said oh i wondered when you were gonna do that and Ugh. Oh, this is fantastic. When are you, when are you going to be on um, The Apprentice or Homes yeah. Under the Hammer? Or, you know. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Kat. I have just one final question for you. If I may be so bold as to ask, what makes you smile? Well, <laughs> I'm going to try to not make it sound too cheesy. But more than anything else, I smile all the time. I laugh all the time. I love my life. The thing that does make me smile, probably the broadest, is when we're sat one evening, you know, listening to Jazz FM, and this hand comes to the side of me, and Dan takes me off, and we dance around the living room. Honestly, that moment, I'm getting goose pimples. I feel like I'm in a fairy tale. I feel like it's not my life. Um, and the reality of it actually being my life is wonderful and I wish that everybody else can find that happiness beautifully said I can imagine that actually very good yeah (laughs) Yeah. fantastic Kat thank you so much for coming on to the podcast it's been an inspiration listening to you and one of the phrases you used early on was just do it 
And that is one thing that's a recurring theme, I think, we have yeah. on this podcast of yeah. actually people procrastinating a little bit and wondering if it's the right time for them and what's going to happen if they don't just make that that leap from what they're doing into something that they've always wanted to do, even if they didn't know that they wanted to do it uh, a few <laughs> years before everybody else did. But uh, no, it's been an inspiration. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to talk about the journey. And if it helps anybody out there, then brilliant. You're welcome. Thank you. I love that chat with Kat. She genuinely was so enthusiastic and in a way, totally inspirational. I really loved it. It was so genuine about what she felt, about what she was doing. She obviously has a very caring side to her as well because she cares about how she was going to go forward and and such like. But also that steely entrepreneurship as well, that this could happen and taking that leap and quite a, a huge leap and she would be okay. And I think a lot of people who are actually in fairly senior roles in, in a company and it gets a little bit comfortable, it can be uncomfortable at times, yes, clearly we, yeah. we, we know that, but having the, the comforts around you of working for a company that's going to support you and mm. give you time off and you can have holidays <laughs> with, and not worry about holidays, <laughs> yeah, and those sorts of things. But sort of not throwing that away, and as much as actually having, the, she had the family support. And I think having family support is really yeah. good because yeah. quite a few people who are protective in your family. So somebody will say, oh, are you sure? It's a protection that they're displaying, but not necessarily always helpful. So it's always good to have family support in which, uh, in which she did and um, mm. many others have as well. Really, really inspirational chat yeah. from her. Yes, very much so. And very reflective as well. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And it's good to have that pictures on the on the fridge. Yes, and yes. And the next time we speak to her, I think there will probably be uh, little feet running around the kitchen there. Uh, yeah, how nice. Yeah, a lovely uh, note to have ended on in, in a way as well of her and Dan dancing around their, their living room together. Yes, I can picture that. Thanks very much for joining us on this podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe in the usual way, just uh, where you normally get your podcast from. Make sure you do subscribe and share it as well. If you found something interesting, just give a bit of feedback, leave the messages on the message boards and we'll get back to you. And we'll actually take that and we'll bring um, we'll bring some of those ideas and things that you say into future podcasts. Can't wait till next time because I'm really, really looking forward to next time's guest absolutely stunning you must must listen to that one until then ta from me and ta from me